Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. What's up? Friday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi. On some stations with you just for a little while, uh, but a little while is longer than we thought we were going to have with uh, you today. Rain has pushed back the start time of Ole Miss and Auburn Game 1. Remember they moved it up yesterday, uh, or well, they postponed last night and moved it to a doubleheader today that was supposed to start at 2 o'clock. Oxford does. Oxford's weather did not cooperate, though, and uh, we had big thunderstorms that came through around lunchtime and lasted until oh, half an hour or so ago. And so they are now scheduled for a 3:45 first pitch for Game One of what I presume is still a doubleheader. I've heard nothing to the contrary on that. I've asked, and um, nobody has said with 100% certainty. Yes, they are still playing too. But what I've been told is, well, I haven't heard anything to the contrary. So. Assume it's a doubleheader that's going to get started at uh, at 3.45. So what, if you say three hours for the first game, 3.45, that gets you to 6.45, you get an hour in between, probably, what, an 8 o'clock start, in, in theory, for uh, for game two, if it does indeed happen that way. And it looks like the, uh, the wet stuff has gotten out of here and they're going to be clear for the rest of the night. Sports Talk Mississippi with you on the per- uh, in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort is the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Visit them online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. Two 18-hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. You can book your tee time, plan your trip, uh, again, at dancingrabbitgolf.com, or just give them a call. Love to hear from you. C Spire text line is open at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in Seaspire country. Online, cspire.com slash business. Hey, boys. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. It is, Good uh, Lord is trying to keep you all from college baseball. Why don't you all listen to the man? Buddy, I... Listen to the man upstairs. Just walk away. Cancel the series. End the season. Let's go. Got to be honest. Full Full transparency. I will watch them because I have to. The podcast and stuff demands it. I have a baseball conversation that I'd like us to get to at some point during the show with the Ferris nominees, and I've got a take on that, as I'm sure you guys do as well. 
but I am fully immersed in the NFL schedule release stuff. I was last night. I will be today as well. That's where my mind is at. And also, a new episode of The Last Thing He Told Me came out today. So, I've got my Friday plan. Let's just put it that way. What is there to be immersed in in terms of the schedule release? I mean, it's fun. It's like, okay, here's the schedule. Well, Good to know. What but I, like I mean, to do, in terms of being immersed, what, what, what are we talking about here? So what I've yet to do is look at the Saints schedule and look at who every team plays before the Saints. Haven't done that yet. Okay. It, it gives you a better gauge on, you know, do they have a bye Some week high-level research. Yeah. Do they have a bye week before... Who are they playing before? Is it do they have a road trip to Seattle before they play the Saints? That matters. Or are they playing, you know, the Texans before? That kind of stuff. I, I like to look at that. Um, I'll look at the other teams in the division and stuff as well. Watch all of the release videos. Didn't get to see all of them last night. Sadly, the Saints and the Jags did the same concept. And that kind of stinks. It didn't come off right. It didn't work. Mm-mm. They, they, I just I, did, I didn't I didn't like it. They they tried to uh, pretend that they had their annual meeting with the scriptwriter that told them what the results for the season was going to be, mm-hmm. and like stats and stuff because of people actually thinking that there is a real script like WWE in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there he is. No, totally. What? Yeah, for sure. Hey, it's predetermined. Um, we got bad news. No, I, I get I get that about the NFL. What did you mean about WWE? Oh. It's still real to me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that kind of stuff. I'll look at it and watch the videos and look at the other teams' schedules and stuff. I, I'll do that. And then again, I will watch the next episode of The Last Thing He Told Me, which is okay. It's just okay. What what these shows need, by the way, is somebody, if they're going to do sports things, they need to consult people like us. You don't even need to get like an expert. Just, hey, like a sports fan. Does this make sense? Because that answer is no. Part of the show is being filmed in Austin, Austin, Texas, where the University of Texas is. And the two, the two main characters are trying to track down the third main character, trying to avoid spoilers. And one of the characters remembers going to a wedding as a child in Austin on the same day as a football game. So they go to the church to get the registry on who got married on on a Saturday when Texas was playing at home. Well, they were told, you know, there's actually no wedding that happened on a home game that season. Like, oh, that's weird. And then they get a call an episode later, well, we didn't factor in the preseason games that happen. Mm. There's there's I'm no, out. there's no I would not watch the show right now. I would turn it off and walk away. I'm done. Yeah, and so they, and she said one of the three preseason games in August. It's like Texas doesn't have preseason games in August. Just, just call up a local radio host. Hey, does this make sense? Actually, no, it doesn't. Make it a real home game. That's all I got to do. Just, just make it a home game. They don't play preseason games. This is this is why Hollywood, whenever they they they, for the most part, whenever they have like a quarterback, especially like a in an amateur kind of thing, it's one thing when it's you know any given Sunday and Jamie Foxx is out there and looks like a quarterback. Yeah. But Speaking so which, often they have a guy. Jamie Foxx is like very sick. Yeah, and nobody really knows why. I'm sorry, I just derailed. I know <laughs> total I mean, non sequitur. By the way, if you if you look on Twitter, he's fine. Is he? 
He's fine. His daughter updated. He's like, he's out. He's out of the hospital. He's, he's oh, playing good. pickleball. He's fine. Anyway, my point was every quarterback in like the, especially in a teen drama, they throw the football like it weighs 50 pounds. Like they're just like, you know, they're, they're, they don't know how to, they don't, they can't ever cast a guy who knows how to throw a football. Like it should just be a prerequisite. Throw the football. Okay. You're out. You can't get the part. Yeah. It's like, are there not any actors that are at least former junior high quarterbacks or high school quarterbacks? I mean, I, mean, I, I don't need you to have, or have been a watched a football game and knows what it looks like when yeah. a football gets thrown. Or you know, like months out or at least weeks out of filming, you're going to have to do sports scenes. So get with the local high school coach. It, like the show, Thirteen Reasons Why. That there, there are football and basketball players, but the basketball scenes were especially. Horrible! Like these guys had never touched a basketball in their life. Give them a week with a basketball coach and teach them just the basics of how to shoot and dribble and pass. Yeah, and it would have looked better. I read, I read once that for any given Sunday, originally they wanted uh, Puff Daddy, Sean Combs to play Willie Beeman, and they brought him out for the audition, and he was such a poor athlete. I mean, he looked terrible, and they were just like, never mind, and sent him home. Yeah, but you've also seen that with like honorary first pitches, ceremonial first pitches, when you yeah. get a, a musician or an actor or somebody to throw out the first pitch. Occasionally it looks okay. But more times than yeah. not, it's like like have you mind that as ever much, held a ball of any sort in your life? You know what does Baseball, bother me? Football, is... softball, tennis ball, anything? You see people who sign up for like the the halftime field goal kick right for tuition, mm-hmm. and they kick it and it goes one and a half yards sideways. It's like, why did you sign up? <laughs> you knew you couldn't make it. I wouldn't sign up for that to kick a ball in front of forty five thousand people unless I felt confident in my ability to get it across the uprights. I'm like, l- what are you just gonna like? Maybe this is my lucky day. We need to bring back that show, Pros versus Joes. You guys remember that show? Great show. Great Loved show. Mm-hmm. But the, the the confidence that regular old dudes have in themselves to like be able to do things against professional athletes, they need to get knocked down a peg. I mean, it's every there was a so TV misplaced. guy out of Milwaukee, I think. I think he's out of Milwaukee, that said that he could hit a home run in a major league baseball game, get in a hundred at bats, he could he could, as he claimed, make enough contact with one to get over the fence. Ooh. And it's like absolutely not. And, and I just because I asked my best friend who who got to Double A and couldn't make it past Double A hit like two seventy in Double A over two years and still wasn't good enough. I asked him if he could do it in a hundred pitch a hundred at bats. He said probably not in a major league game. He said hmm. maybe, but probably not depending on who's pitching. That's a real professional baseball player. I was like eh, I don't know. You know, there's one of those age old which is easier questions. Or which is more difficult, you know, to, to hit a golf ball 300 yards or to hit a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. And people have, you know, talked about how difficult golf is as a sport and, you know, especially in a pressure pack situation. The answer is hitting a baseball thrown at 95 miles an hour. Always. Yes. And, yeah. and, and the it's, golf ball it's, just sitting there. It's that by a mile. All you have to do is look at amateur golf. Like, just go to your local golf course, and there's some guy that doesn't look like he could 
You know, if you put one of those tackling dummies that like is just weighted at the bottom but isn't attached to anything, he doesn't look like he could run full speed into it and knock it over, and yet he can hit it 280 off the tee. That exists in every golf course in America. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. It's time for more Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally. Finally. On Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Welcome back. Ceasefire text line open to you at 601-879-4395. Hammy in Hattiesburg says Charlie Sheen was throwing 83-85 to in Major League. He looked like he knew what he was doing. All the guys in that movie... He looked like he had some athleticism, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, 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 no. There's another story about that. That if you watch that movie, for the most part, all of the scenes of Wesley Snipes running are in slow motion. They said he had the most ridiculous, <laughs> janky running style. They were like, "You look like you look like you can't run." So they did. If you watch, whenever he's stealing a base, it's slow mo. That's so funny. That is funny because I was thinking. I mean, I guess Willie Mays Hayes was a pretty decent athlete in there as well, but maybe uh, yeah, maybe not so much. Make him out to be, yeah. So what about, about like the scene where he like takes off off the bed and he's in pajamas? That scene is in slow motion. <clears throat> What about Dorn? And get in front of the ball. Uh, uh, I don't know. Larry. I mean, he <laughs> he 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 looked like he could do, he could get out there. Corbin Burnson looked like he could get out there and and, and move around a little bit. Hmm. Dennis and then Quaid Jake Taylor and, and Eddie movie. Harris. Dennis Quaid is is maybe the best actor athlete. I mean, because he's a great pitcher in the rookie, but then he's a great quarterback in any given Sunday. Yeah. Looked comfortable, doing and he was both also he's also played basically played Billy Cannon in Everybody's All American. Dan in Hattiesburg says they say Kevin Ka- uh, Costner was actually a pretty good athlete. He looked like he knew I what he was that. doing, and uh, for the love of but, the game. Again, watch Field of Dreams when they have the catch at the end. His dad looks like he's never thrown a baseball in his life. He's like shot putting it out there to him. And I'm telling you, the stuff, too. when you notice it, you can't unnotice it. Yes. Tin Cup, he looked like he knew what he was doing. He looked like he knew what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. Golf swing is fine. Golf is one, like Hollywood people, they golf. Yeah. They get yeah, out but, I, but, but if you're like trying to be a professional golfer in a movie, that's a different deal. Mm-hmm. Like, I hit the golf ball okay. But Borky, we played together. I mean, my yeah. golf swing—it's not like—it's not like Ernie Els or Fred Couples swing, but it's fine. Nobody's gonna laugh at it. But it doesn't look like a PGA Tour golf swing. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I could fake it in a movie, and I—I I, I don't know. But to me, that's that's more. Difficult. We get a message here. It's like, uh, also it says, um, "Oh, where is it? Anybody who says golfers aren't athletes is crazy." For me, hitting a golf ball 300 yards is harder. I played high school baseball. I could hit a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. But golf is so incredibly difficult to me. I promise if you if you golf. can hit a baseball that's going that fast, I promise you with the right instruction, you can hit a golf ball 300 yards. Promise. Yeah, be, that's, be, that's the you, thing. 
golf is such a, a learned skill. You can't very few people can just wake up one day and and do that. But like baseball, there's a lot of natural athleticism to it. That golf golfers are athletes. I'm not saying they aren't, but you have to practice golf each and every day. Yeah, and I would say that the the skills necessary to hit a 95 mile an hour fastball translate to golf better than someone who has never been able to hit a 95-mile-an-hour fastball and yet they have the skills to hit a golf ball well, translate to baseball. Yeah. So, so, so if you're thinking about somebody with a baseball bat in their hands that can hit a 95-mile-an-hour fastball, and I'm not talking about one with the move, I'm just talking about can make contact and put it in play. You're talking about hand-eye coordination, you're talking about bat speed, so, you know, strong hands, strong arms, good vision, all of those things have got to be rolled into that. Well, those things translate to a golf swing. But just because you can, you know, w- with your coil and your legs and, you know, generate enough power, and maybe 300 is not the right word. Maybe it's, maybe it's 260, whatever, a, a more man. I mean, you got to really get into one to, to hit it 300 or have incredible technique and club head speed and all of that. Uh, anyway, yeah, and golfers, but but to his point, for every Will Zalatoris, there's dozens of like Lanto Griffins, who's just like this unassuming. He's a professional golfer, obviously very good, but he's not going to highlight anything. He's six four. I mean, just go to the Sanderson Farms Championship this year. Mm-hmm. All of you should go because it's a great event, well run, great players. You'd be surprised at how big they are. Bunch of some, big dudes on some. the PGA Tour. Some, right? Because you've also got some shrimps, like Zal Torres, who's like a buck sixty. But I mean, Justin Thomas is a little guy. He's a little guy. And Rory his, is a little now. Rory's thick, but yeah, in terms of like height, he's short. Mm-hmm. But you'd be surprised. I mean, like Gary Woodland is another guy. Until you walk up next to him, you wouldn't think that Gary Woodland's built like a linebacker. He's a big dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your your guy, Saith Tagala. Yeah, he's lanky though. He's long. Yeah, I mean, but he's big wiry. and tall. Um, that's another great movie actor that looks like he knows what he's doing. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves looked like he knew how to throw the, throw the football in in the two movies where he was required to throw the football. Yep. Uh, did you guys know that Loosedale native? Shane Hale had a non-speaking role in Major League Two. That's from Michael and Lusta. I, I did not, but you appreciate know, you sharing a, that. There's another one. In the movie For Love of the Game, the guy who plays the Tigers' third baseman is named Chris Lamonis, but it's not huh. Chris Lamonis. But the, Which has got to be, I mean, what are the odds of that? Two baseball-playing Chris Lamonises. Dan in Hattiesburg says Brian Dozier improved his, I'm assuming we're talking his baseball swing, after playing golf with his hitting coach. Who was it that used to hit uh, drivers in the bullpen before games? Was it Mike Schmidt that used to do that? I don't know. We were talking about this the other day. Or maybe it was Ripken. uh, Former former MSU Diamond Dog Jeff Flagg was the world long drive champion a few years back. Hmm. Man, so some of the baseball players that you see hit a golf ball, it's like, holy cow. Did you guys ever watch that video of Mike Trout at Top Golf? Yes, it's insane. 
<laughs> when the ball's sitting still for him, what do you expect? I know, but it's not my... coming in 95 with dip. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I'm surprised the club didn't shatter when it made contact. I really am. <laughs> Jillian Madison says, obviously. A... So they're supposed to be creating a uh, top golf for baseball soon. Like it's the next concept from them where. There'll be a restaurant with batting cages and things like that. Those kind of exist already. So TrackMan, which got its start as a golf simulator, they're kind of like two different divisions of TrackMan, like as a company. They do the like all of the exit velocity and spin rate stuff that you see in baseball is TrackMan, but that's a different division of the company. But their TrackMan golf simulator and measuring tools, they have adapted those. I mean, there's a there's an archery simulator, a baseball, football simulator, and you've got some of these places that are like, you know, indoor golf simulator setups. There are a couple of them that are now in Oxford uh, now. Um, and it, it's just... Like, like, I don't think they've got it set up this way at the golf house. The golf house is just simulators. There's a, a new place on the square where they've got the, I guess, where you can hit a. I haven't seen it yet. I, I really should check it out. I mean, maybe it's like you're in Fenway and you can hit a baseball. Or, I, I don't know. Anyway, but, yeah, that, that technology exists and out there and supposedly is really, uh, really cool. Joey and Madison says, obviously, there are those who have never stood in the box and tried to pick up on a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. A golf ball on a tee is not intimidating before you hit it. No, but holes can be intimidating when you look down the fairway when you're about mm-hmm. to hit it. Yeah. It's a little bit different when you got a, a lake running down the entire right side of a fairway and you've been hitting cuts all day. You're right. You're right. Or... Or if you step to the 18 tee box and you're down a hundred bucks and you need to, you know, make a par or a birdie <laughs> on the on the 18th hole, and you don't have a hundred bucks to pay the, uh, the the friendly wager that you've got going on, uh, there, there can be pressure. So uh, we get this message says golfers or athletes on Hell Cabrera who isn't he in prison? And John Daly begged to differ. Just because John Daly d- just simply never took care of his body doesn't mean he wasn't born with some I mean, athleticism. John Crook played baseball. I mean, what are we talking about here? Look, and I mean, athleticism means lots of different things. I mean, there are athletes who run four 440s with 38-inch verticals that can bench press 225 pounds 24 times. And then there are athletes who excel in hand-eye coordination. You got... Athletes in Major League Baseball that can hit it six miles, but can barely run to second base. Who's the guy that plays for the Mets? Pete Alonzo? No, the guy that looks like a thumb. The guy that looks like a thumb? I'll figure it out. Sports Talk Mississippi. Okay, we'll be back. <laughs> now, more Sports Talk Mississippi. Hey, it's go time. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk Mississippi.
So the sale of the Washington Commanders is officially official. It is complete. Scott Van Pelt uh, tweeted this, and you got to remember, SVP is a uh, he is a DC guy. That is the place where he grew up, and it's where he lives again now. He went to the University of Maryland. Grew up a big Redskins fan. He says, hard to overstate how well received the news of the sale of the Commanders will be in the D.C. area. List of priorities for the new owner in no particular order. Build at RFK site. So, old RFK stadium. They're going to get rid of the stadium in Landover. The new owners are going to build a new stadium. They're saying build it at the old place. Because that's inside the Beltway, right? I mean, that that is D.C. proper. RFK Stadium was. I believe that is correct. Isn't it? Isn't it right over? It, it's close to Nationals Park, and they've done a lot of redevelopment of that area. Now, across the street from Nationals Park, if you go on the, like, you can get into a bad area in a hurry. But there's been a ton that is done in that area, and I think that's where RFK Stadium was as well. Uh, ditch the Commander's name and look, Scott Van Pelt says. It's new. Nobody really likes it. He says, go back to burgundy and gold. Call it football club, whatever. And then he says, most importantly, nothing united this area, talking about the Washington, D.C. metro area, like this team. People who experience that just need an on-ramp to come back, a reason. Give them one. Scott Van Pelt's advice to the new owners New ownership group of the uh, of the Washington Commanders, at least for now. There's uh... Borky. I'm I'm not being ageist when I say this. I don't know that you are old enough to remember this, but hey, Dad, when we were kids and the Redskins at the time were good, that was as hard a ticket as there was in sports. There was like a oh. a, a waiting list for season tickets for. Uh, for the Redskins, that was like in the tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands. I would say in the 80s, the two most passionate fan bases in the NFL were the Raiders and the Redskins. I mean, the, the people lived and died with the Raiders, and they were good. They were really yeah. good in the, during the 80s. Might put the Steelers in there also? Yeah. Steelers were down in the 80s, though. They weren't as good, you know? yeah. I guess they had their run in the late seventies and then kind of wandered yeah. for a bit before really getting it back together in the until early nineties. Until yeah, until Chuck Noll retired and yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, that's a um, that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. they uh, they need it. And I, by the way, I came up with a hey, Dad. I told Borky this. He didn't seem to receive my idea very well. Um, to to preserve history, what if they just become the uh, the Washington Snickster. It's Redskins spelled backwards. The Snickster. No. Would that be offensive still? Probably. It's a made-up word. Yeah, yeah. I think okay. they should steal from the movie The Replacements and be the Sentinels. That uh, Commanders is weird, but whatever. Do you make it plural, or is it like the Stanford Cardinal? You're not the Cardinals... You're the Cardinals. So are you the Sentinel or the Sentinels? Sentinels is what the movie was. Okay. So, but you've got everything. You've got logos and, and all of that. Uniforms, just steal from the movie. They'd probably appreciate the relevance. But, uh, no, Josh Harris is who I would be if I was a billionaire. He has an ownership stake in the 76ers, the New Jersey Devils, 
uh, and Crystal Palace of the Premier League. And now he's just bought a football team. If I had billions of dollars, that's what I'd do. Basketball, hockey, I'd get, I'd get a baseball team too. And then I'd buy a football <laughs> team and then some European soccer team that I'd go hang out and pub crawl with like uh, J.J. Watt did recently. Uh, that's what I would do with billions of dollars right there. Buy a mm. bunch of sports teams. Forbes says his net worth is $6 billion. The sale price of the Washington Commanders was $6 billion. That does not mean that he has no money today. Uh, there were other partners in this group, especially when you think about all of the areas that he has an ownership stake. See, I would. Uh, I don't know that I have it. Like, if I can't afford to buy a team outright, I don't know if I want them. I don't, I don't know I that I have... 51% of the vote... Well, I mean, so it'd be one thing if I could only afford like 1% and it was like the the Grizzlies were early on where you had a bunch of local people who had an ownership stake in it, basically just to say that they had an ownership stake, knowing that they weren't involved in the decision-making process. But I'd much rather be like um, Steve Ballmer. (laughs) When When he wrote a check for... What was it? Two and a half, three billion dollars to the Clippers. He answers to no one. He owns the team. He wrote the check. So, Borky, would you rather have news. a partial ownership stake in four teams or just own one outright? Partial in four. Really? I, I want to be involved in all of it. Especially if if you're the big dog in all of them. You know, if you have the the majority stake in all of them. Yeah. And th- this company that he founded with David Blitzer. The Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment LLC. They they not only own the 76ers and the Devils and now the Commanders, they also own a G League basketball team, a uh, lower league hockey team, and a League of Legends team, an esports team. They're just buying it all. And then, of course, he's got his stake in the soccer team. I love this guy. The thing with these, these investments, too, is... Especially with the American pro sports franchises, they're not going to ever depreciate. They only go up in value. Mm-hmm. You're right. Never going to see an NFL team that's worth less than when you bought it. I mean, other than the terrible mustache, I think Stan Kroenke is the guy that I'd like to be. He owns the Rams, the Denver Nuggets, the Colorado Avalanche, the Colorado Rapids, and Arsenal. I mean, it's a pretty good portfolio. Not to mention the fact that he has, he, he, he's also the owner of over a million and a half acres of land and ranches across the United States and Canada. He's basically the guy from Yellowstone involved in professional sports. Yeah, but the guy in Yellowstone doesn't actually, like, he's worried about paying the taxes on his land. I mean, Kevin Costner... John Dutton is he's cash poor. He now he is he is asset rich, but he is cash poor. Cronky's just like instead of toilet paper, he uses hundred dollar bills. Just because he can. Yeah. Richard only uses tens. He's not that rich. Twenties. Twenties. Yes. Yes. All right, you can be part of the conversation on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Daniel Vogelbach, by the way, was the guy's name that few of you asked. 
I guess he's a pirate now. I don't know. But Daniel Vogelbach is the guy that looks like a thumb. When I Googled him, I immediately started laughing really hard because, like, he does kind of look like a thumb. Yeah. But going back to the athletes coming all different shapes and sizes, I mean, the co-SEC player of the year last year in baseball was Sonny DeShera. Doesn't exactly look like a world-class sprinter, but that cat can hit a baseball. And, you know, kind of ascending in the minor leagues. Had a little bit of an injury issue earlier in the year. But uh, Cody Tupelo says Dan Snyder is laughing his way to the bank. Yeah, You know, he's got a lot of money to pay the legal fees for the Fed's investigation into all the crimes that he allegedly committed. But, uh, yeah, it is kind of ironic that his mishandling of everything involving that team forced him to sell it for $6.5 billion. That's his punishment. Yeah. Well, you got to sell... A $6 billion profit. Yeah. Kelso is happy, by the way. Kelso is a long-suffering Washington fan. His national nightmare of Dan Snyder is over. He sends us a message that says, OMG, it finally happened. There you go. Uh, Sam from Mount Hermon, Louisiana. Hello, fellas. Are you kidding? Why, why would anyone other than golf pros bet on a friendly game of golf between the players? That's just dumb. You might as well just burn the money. What? Well, if you're playing with somebody that's as good as you, then it's a fair fight. You also have handicap indexes. I was going to say, do do we understand the handicap system, Sam? Yeah, but that's such a fraud. Have you seen the, the, the screenshots of this guy that is trying to... I say trying... That, that is playing in every pre-qualifier for the U.S. Open, and he's shooting 135 and 132. You're supposed to be a scratch in the computer. So the only way that you can get in these things is if your handicap says that you shoot, generally speaking, 72 every time you play. And he's out here shooting 130, and he's going to all of these qualifiers playing alongside people who are actually good enough to qualify for the U.S. Open and making them suffer through that for his own selfish crap. So even the handicap system is just stupid. Yeah. Because you can cheat but, but like Sam, mad. But, but hold on, Sam. I mean, there are all kinds of friendly games that you can play with just a little stake attached to them. Now, I wouldn't... Like, I don't have any interest in going and playing some high-stakes game. Play a little $2 wolf game, though, with your with your buddies? That's fun. And, and there's some randomness that goes with it, too. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Dot FM's Talk Mississippi. Here we, here we go, go. Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thank you for being with us this afternoon. If you would like to be a part of the conversation, we'd love to hear from you on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. Uh, reminder, 
that uh, today is the last day, although you have just a little bit of wiggle room if you want to register for the collegiate side of the Cotton States League Summer Ball setup. So today is the deadline, but they are going to take registration applications through Sunday on the website at cottonstatesleague.com. You can join the premier collegiate wood bat league in the South, Cotton States Baseball, hosting its 15th season with games at BNA Bank Park in June and July. Already college players from Tennessee, Texas, and Florida are committed for the 2023 season. Send in your application to cottonstatesleague.com. You have until Sunday. That's Mother's Day. This Sunday, that is Mother's Day. One more time. For those in the back. This Sunday is Mother's Day. That's not entirely related to the Cotton States League, uh, but just so you know. Uh, Cotton States baseball is affordable. It is got great coaching. It has outstanding facilities, and it's a great opportunity for you to get a ton of at-bats Ton of reps during the summer. All games are at BNA Bank Park in New Albany, centrally located to so many great players from across the region, plus prospects at all levels. The application deadline for high school and junior high players is June 2nd. So, high school and junior high players have until June 2nd. Check out their uh, Facebook, Twitter, and other social media outlets, uh, Cotton States League, or their website, cottonstatesleague.com. Ole Miss and Auburn are underway. Two outs, top of the first inning, runner at third for Auburn. Stolen base and uh, wild pitch, got the runner to third. I'm not sure how he reached base. But uh, they're underway, and we will keep you up to date on that game as we go through the show this afternoon. Got some other SEC baseball that will begin as we uh, trudge our way through the next couple of hours. Sprint our way through the next couple of hours, something along those lines. We haven't even touched the schedule release yet, which... You know, I don't know if you guys we know talked this about or not. anything. Yeah. Oh, I disagree. I think we've had some fun for the first fifty. No, no, we've had fun, but like show. as as far as like what we uh, we have on our rundown and what we talked about, none of that has been mentioned at all. Not one thing. Cool with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's it's all good. But Michael Borky thinks the schedule release is a really big deal. I love it. I love it, man. I mean, it, it's the middle of May. The two SEC teams in this state are really bad at baseball. There's two weeks to play in the season. You guys are just so negative. they got nothing to play for. Nothing's happening. Maybe, maybe one of them gets to Hoover. Maybe. That's what we're talking about. And if they get to Hoover, they've got a chance. Okay. You get to Hoover, and if you win in Hoover, it'll be all right. You can still get to a regional. And if you get to a regional... Ooh, buddy, look out. You mean like one out of a hundred? More like one out of a million. More like one out of a million. Go ahead, Richard. So you're saying there's a chance? Yeah! I I read you. Aren't you proud of me? (laughs) Yes, you did good. One of the greatest comedies of all time, definitely top five. I would argue it's number one, but easily top five without any argument. If you leave it out of the top five, you're wrong. You don't know what humor is. Dumb and dumber for those of you that didn't get the reference. All right, so I got a question quickly before we wrap this hour up. Michael Borky asked me this before the break. So the Washington Redskins just sold for $6 billion dollars. 
Their Forbes valuation for 2023 was $5.6 billion. They generated $544 million in revenue in 2022. So if the Washington Commanders can sell for $6 billion, if Jerry Jones decided that it was time to sell the Cowboys, how much could he get? The Cowboys are worth an estimated $8 billion with annual revenue that exceeds $1 billion. I think he could get over 12. 10. 12. But you think double Washington? Yeah. It is the most valuable franchise I mean, in the United States. Yeah. Plus, you, one thing with the Cowboys, you don't have to walk in there and build the new stadium. You're good. You're good on that front. Like this well, guy okay. buying the, the, buying it, the commander's nose, I got to get a new stadium going. If you. If you buy the Cowboys for $10 billion, $12 billion, hey, Ned, using your number, does that include the stadium and the practice facility and the star and all the development around it? My guess is no. My guess is Jerry's like, no, no, I paid for all those things. That's part of my real estate portfolio. Practice facility's got to come with the sale of the team. Have you seen their practice facility? I have. It's like an entire entertainment district with hotels and shopping and restaurants and like a 5,000-seat stadium or a 15,000-seat stadium. It's unbelievable. Four o'clock hour coming up next. Your number one for sports talk. Anyone? 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 Come on, don't be shy. Sports talk, Mississippi. Bingo, man, bingo. Super talk, Mississippi. o'clock hour with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV, and the Pearl River Resort Studios. Visit pearlriverresort.com. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Alongside Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. If you want to be part of the conversation, we'd love for you to join us on the Ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Whether you're looking for wireless Business IT solutions or fiber to the home, they've got you covered. Learn more online at cspire.com. Ole Miss takes a one nothing lead over, Aub- uh, over Auburn in the bottom of the first inning with a two-out base hit from Anthony Calarco. Jacob Gonzalez reached on a walk to start the bottom of the first inning and came around to score. So Ole Miss on the board first in game one of what is supposed to be a doubleheader on this Friday afternoon, a little bit later getting started than they had originally planned because of rain and a a light crowd. I'm assuming that the crowd will get larger over the course of the next three or four hours. Yeah, A lot of baseball still to be played. Late night ahead, too. Yeah. Lucky for those clock rolls sometimes. Yes, you, uh, you are correct about that. All right, so much anticipated. At least by Michael Borky. Let's start with the Saints' schedule. Yes. So, based on winning percentages from teams a year ago, 
The Saints, and by the way, they're not going to apologize to anybody for this, have the second easiest schedule in the NFL. Just, oh, by the way, preseason games, home against Kansas City, at the Chargers, home against the Texans. Those are the three preseason games. What's it? What are you scrunchy faced for that? Hey, Dad. Right, I'm gonna get up for a second. I'll I'll be right back. I'll I'll let you know. Okay. Somebody knocking at the door in there. I don't know. I think he's checking on something. So we will uh, we will see. Uh so season opener Sunday, September 10th against the Tennessee Titans. Home game to start the season. Yeah, it was either them or the Jags, you know, for home openers or for season openers. The the Titans are a, a good selection. Not a good team. Weird offensively. May or may not be breaking in a new quarterback. We'll see. We'll take it. Yeah, you hope it's a day that Derrick Henry doesn't go for 230. Well, against this defense, he shouldn't. But Shouldn't, but... Derrick Henry does some strange things sometimes. He's really good. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a pretty decent draw for your home opener. A chance to maybe feel good about yourself. That's a noon kickoff. Next two games are on the road. Monday night football in week two at Carolina. Bryce Young's first home start. Do we need to pause this conversation for you to jump in? No, we're good. We're good. So I'm just sitting here, and I'm like, something is burning. Something's burning. What what is what is on fire? On the oh, so I go takes. out there and I look and I'm like, what? True. I go out there and I look and I, I I go across to the other studio. Good lord! And so Bill Thurlow is over there doing his show, and I'm like, do you smell? He's like, it's a pop tart. It's a pop tart. I left it in the toaster too long. It's a pop tart. I was like, okay, because it is. I mean, I thought something was on fire. Okay. He just showed it to me. That thing is is. It's, I didn't know they made a Cajun blackened pop tart, but that's what he's trying to eat over there. <laughs> extra? Is he still trying to eat it? I think so. It's it's extra crispy. Oh, that's though. gross. Yeah, you can't eat a burnt yeah. pop tart. So, but I was like concerned for a second there. I was like, something's on fire. I need to go scope like, this like out. Your and I wasn't sure reaction, that I'm not the only one here. Yeah, it made me think that you had just gotten a text message of some like really large piece of breaking news, and you couldn't no, actually no, no. talk about it until you like. Fact checked it or something? No, no, no. Just much worse. I was like, I, I, and I, I thought I was the only one here too. So I was like, if something's on fire, I need to to do something about that. But what would you do? The pop tart, y'all. If there had been a fire, we have a fire. We have a fire extinguisher. I'll, I'll, would you have gone for the fire st- extinguisher and tried to put it out immediately, or would you have just called the fire department? I would have given the fire extinguisher a chance, and if that didn't work, I'd have hightailed it out of here. You wouldn't have even come back to tell us bye. I would have called. I would have called the hotline and been like, "Hey, I'm in the car. <laughs> Something happened." Um. So. Anyway, would you have? Would you have grabbed your phone and videoed trying to put out a fire with a fire extinguisher? Would you have had the wherewithal no, to do I, that? I, I, I think it's a fire extinguisher is a two hand job. You got it. I don't know that I could do both. Well, you know, you do. You I'm hold the hose take the time and, to, and, and like put the phone out there at the end of the hose that you're steadying the hose with. I, I don't know if that's how that's going to work. I'm not, See, you get I, on I, to I me for not taking advantage of content opportunities. I feel like that's would have been a missed content opportunity. This is not a, it's trying to keep this studio from burning down is not a content opportunity. 
All right, that is that is something different. That's a financial decision. Right? Yes. When when you like go to a sporting event and don't take a quick video of it, that's a missed content opportunity. Me trying to save millions of dollars in equipment and my own life is not a content opportunity. Yeah, but like shooting a video when you get to a sporting event is just kind of like a ho-hum, run-of-the-mill, yeah, I've seen that a hundred times. How often do you see somebody I'm... actively putting out a fire in a radio station <laughs> with a, a, Gosh, a fire extinguisher? Oh, thanks. Mm. I didn't ask what flavor Pop-Tart it was either. So. It was frosted. I, was, I could tell that like half of it had not gotten burnt to death. All right, so Titans in week one at home. Monday Night Football Week 2 at Carolina. Week 3 at Green Bay. And, Borky, you think that that is a break, that that game being in September as opposed to late November? Absolutely, or, God forbid, December or January. You know, getting the Packers, if you got to go to Lambeau, when it's going to be 85 is much better than when it's going to be 5. And also, the earlier you get Jordan Love, the better, at least I think. Doesn't give him a chance to to settle in and get better as the season goes on. You're getting him when he's very raw as the new starter there with a wide receiver core that is a joke. So that's a break there. Uh, Four of the first seven are on the road for the Saints, including a pair of back-to-backs on the road. So after the game at Green Bay, they come home for a game against Tampa Bay on Sunday, October 1st, noon game. And then two more road games, both at noon, on Sunday, at New England, at Houston. And then two of the next three are at home. Jacksonville at home on Thursday, October 19th. little prime video game there for you. On the road at Indy. That's the uh, Indianapolis Cowboys, I believe. Yeah, and so four of these five road games in the early season are breaking in new quarterbacks. I mean, that's something that, that can't be overlooked with this schedule. The only team with a returning starter is the Patriots with Mac Jones. Otherwise, the other four, this is a first-year, either a rookie or a first-year starting quarterback. It's a, that's a really nice break for what should be, again, one of the league's better defenses, too. I mean, that's Bryce Young's first home start, right? Monday Night Football going to be all the pomp and circumstance. And that will be the best defense he's ever seen in his life, bar like not even close, in week two. That helps. Jacksonville at home on Thursday night. Sunday on the road at the uh, Colts. Sunday, November 5th, home game against the Bears. And that Thursday game, uh, the, the bad break that the Saints got on this schedule, I think there's only one true bad break. And it's two Thursday games, neither of which you have a, a, a bye before or after. So your bye's late, which is good. But you've got two Thursday games on short rest. So you're on the road before your home Thursday game. And then you're playing the Giants before a road Thursday game. So short rest, with, and they're not back-to-back home games. you got to travel for both of them, at least either before or for that game. That's the downside to this schedule. It's easy. You get good breaks of quarterbacks. You got Green Bay early, but your two Thursday games are not before or after a bye, which is uh, that's not good. From a schedule rotation standpoint, also, this is an eight home game season 
after there were nine home games last year. Yep. So that changes as well. Um, Saints will go a month without playing a home game, basically. Home November 5th against the Bears. Road game at Minnesota. By week. Road game at Atlanta. That's on November 26th. Before finally returning home for the start of a three-game homestand, which is rare to say in the NFL. Sunday, December 3rd against uh, Detroit. Sunday, December 10th against Carolina. Sunday, December 17th against the Giants. A little surprised that that is a noon game on Fox and isn't like a Sunday night football game or a Monday night game. That's one that feels like kind of because of the Giants, just because they're such a draw nationally, that you would almost expect that to be a primetime spot. It's not. Thursday, December 21st at Los Angeles. So right before Christmas, they will go play the Rams on the road. Back home on New Year's Eve for a, uh, I'm sorry, on the road New Year's Eve against Tampa Bay, and then they close it out at home against Atlanta. It's time to get real. Real sports talk for Mississippi. It's time for you to get real with it. Sports talk Mississippi continues on Super Talk Mississippi. So I gave you the rundown on who and where and what time. Michael Borky and maybe to a slightly lesser degree, Brian Haydad, a little more locked in on what matters in terms of the Saints schedule that was released in its entirety. The only thing we don't know is day, date, time, TV network for the game against the Falcons in Week 18. That is that is to be determined, as is the case for Everybody. Basically all of the games in Week 18. It's everybody, I believe. Is it all of them? I think it's everybody. Yeah. So they're, they're flexing the entire league schedule for the last week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. As they should. Because, I mean, you gotta you got to have spots available if there is a big game. Yeah. And there will be, obviously. So, what do you think, guys? Don't give me Early the 17-0 crap Oh, well. I mean, it's 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 a, they have they play in maybe the weakest division in the NFC, maybe in in pro football. They should be able to win the division, assuming they don't get you know massacred by injuries. Um, they have some interesting out of conference, you know, the, the, the outside of the division games. Um, it's 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 a it's just I mean, it's, it, the NFL schedule is not like a college schedule, right? Because you get these matchups all the time, and I mean, obviously it's cool when you see Chiefs Bills or or things like that, but. You know, the games just kind of are what they are. So I don't have the same uh, zest for it that Borky does, but when I look at that schedule, I see the schedule of a team that should be in the playoffs. My thought is there's no excuses. Nope. They've had the worst injury luck in the league uh, the last two seasons. Most injured team in the league last two seasons. So if that continues, well then, you know, up a creek and whatnot. But there's no excuses. This should be a playoff team. You have... A schedule that sets up well. 
you're you're you got the break with Green Bay. You're playing a bunch of teams breaking in new quarterbacks. Your division's going to be bad again. There's no excuses. There should be a team that is a playoff team. Hell, they should have been one last year. They were a turnover and a field goal away from being a division team last year, or a playoff team last year. So there's no excuses. That's what this tells me. If it's not a playoff team, then you tried the continuity with Dennis Allen, but you go make a serious hire next time. No excuses. They got him a quarterback. I'm just glad to hear you finally admit they didn't make a serious hire last time. No, it was very unserious. But Dennis Allen is still, even the disaster that last year was, had a top five defense in the league again. I mean, just he can coach ball. It's just can he be a head coach? Clearly, defensively, they got some things going on, and they were banged up a lot last season. I mean, Lattimore missed a bunch of games. Pete Werner got hurt early. They were playing backups and third stringers at linebacker most of the season. You got injured on the defensive line, and yet they still had a top-five defense in the league. He's good, at least at that. I will uh, I will interrupt this conversation to tell you that Auburn now leads 4-1. to one. They got on the board with a uh, an RBI double from Case and Howell down the left field line. And then Auburn's nine-hole hitter, Nate LaRue, got a center-cut fastball at a 1-1 pitch, and he hit it about 400 feet over the left center field wall. That in and of itself is not surprising because Ole Miss has given up a lot of home runs. Nate LaRue was hitting 156. 1-5-6. That was his fourth home run of the year. He drove in three runs. It was a three-run home run, taking his season RBI total from 11 to 14. Mm. Maybe you're right, Ed. Tap out. Uh, carry on. What else about the Saints? I mean, it's just, you know... There's so many unanswered questions. The Falcons, the Panthers, the the Bucks, all breaking. Everybody has a new quarterback, but the Saints have one that you at least you know feel pretty pretty proven. You know, I don't know, I don't know about Baker Mayfield down in Tampa. His career is so weird to me. And then you know you have a rookie in Carolina, and you have the second year guy in Atlanta. So a lot of a lot of question marks around the Saints. The Saints are easily, which is, and then the Saints aren't the, a very proven team, but they're easily the most proven team in the in the division. Yeah. Also, non-Saints related, but schedule release related, uh, for people like me who pay attention to TV ratings, the NFL game that is opposite the Egg Bowl was as good as you could ask for if you care about mm-hmm. people watching the Egg Bowl. So, what was it, three years ago when it was Saints-Falcons on Egg Bowl night? That's horrible for the Egg Bowl because Southern football fans... Generally speaking, I know you in the audience probably don't, but generally gravitate towards the NFL. And when it's two Southern teams playing on Thanksgiving night, takes eyeballs away. This is 49ers Seahawks. Two, I mean, two West Coast teams. If you're just an average sports fan in the South, the Egg Bowl's more enticing to a lot of them than Niners Seahawks. So that was a nice little break for to to get the non Ole Miss or State fan eyeballs on the Egg Bowl. you got a greater chance when it's not NFL teams from the, the area. So that was yeah. cool to see. And also for the State fans that are not going to the game, 
you have Dak Prescott versus your most recent first-round pick in the game that leads into the Egg Bowl. So there you go. uh, That's pretty cool. (laughs) And if I remember from two years ago in Starkville, they'll have that game going on the video board inside the stadium leading up to the kickoff of the uh, of the Egg Bowl. So yeah. that's uh, that's pretty cool. The Thanksgiving slate, Packers at Lions in the early game, Commanders at Cowboys in the afternoon, Niners, Seahawks, the Christmas Day triple header, Raiders at Chiefs, Giants at Eagles, Ravens at 49ers. Ugh. And that's tough. If you're if you're a member of the 49ers you have to play on Thanksgiving Day and Christmas Day. Ugh. I mean, is there somebody that raises their hands like, can we get a holiday? <laughs> like just a minute with our family? All right. Opening weekend schedule. Thursday night kickoff game, Lions-Chiefs in Kansas City. As has become tradition, the reigning Super Bowl champion opens at home on Thursday night. Rest of that opening week. The Sunday afternoon games, the early kick, Panthers-Falcons, Texans-Ravens, Bengals-Browns, that's kind of fun. Although, I don't think Cincinnati or Cleveland should be able to play home games until it gets below 50 degrees. A hot game in Cleveland just looks terrible on TV. Uh, Jags-Colts, Bucks-Vikings, Titans-Saints, Niners-Steelers. It's kind of fun. And then the uh, Owen oh, Cardinals Commanders. Afternoon time slot, Packers-Bears on Fox. Raiders-Broncos, CBS, traditional rivalry there. The Dolphins and the Chargers, the Eagles and the Patriots, the Rams and the Seahawks. Cowboys-Giants, opening week Sunday night football, and Monday night football, Bills-Jets. That is on Monday, September 11th in New York. Pretty good opening weekend slate. How many of those games are much must watch? What what's the best game? Not the Saints. Best game in the early window. Niners Steelers. Just from a brand name perspective, it certainly is. And then in the afternoon window. I don't know. Is it Raiders Broncos or or Packers Bears? Or well, Packers Rams, Bears Seahawks. is interesting because it's Packers Bears is interesting because it's the start of the Jordan Love era there. Um, the the answer might be in terms of you know two play potential playoff Jeez, teams: Eagles, Eagles Patriots? Patriots and and Dolphins Chargers. That afternoon window is actually really, really good on yeah, opening good. day. It's really good. NFL does a good job of getting making week one interesting. College football, yeah. take a note. I yeah. do love just Cowboys-Giants Sunday night. They could both be terrible. They won't be. But Cowboys-Giants Sunday night. Let, let's just get that $40 million number. Let's just get, yeah, let's get $40 million right off the bat here. <laughs> and then Bill's Jets will do the same thing on Monday night. That'll be a huge Monday yeah. night football audience. It'll, be, it'll break records, yeah. I think. Yeah. It'll, that'll be a record breaker. I mean, just Rodgers alone is going to pull that paired with the Bills. Uh, by the way, I got a, a, a text earlier from uh, a female friend who loves Josh Allen, and apparently he's newly single, and she was very excited to hear that news. 
newly single Josh Allen. <laughs> Apparently he's on the market. <laughs> mm. <laughs> she was like, is that true? And I was like, how am I supposed to know that's true? I don't know. If- his, his his previous significant other was fairly showy. Maybe he didn't like, like that. Like, it appeared that her favorite thing in life was Instagram. Ugh. Huh. She should hook up with Jackson Mahomes. She's got to go to jail for that. <laughs> Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll hear a conversation with Hey Dad and Charlie Winfield next. More Sports Talk Mississippi now. Now. All guests on Sports Talk Mississippi appear on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. On Wednesday night after Sports Talk Mississippi, Brian Haydad on Thunder and Lightning had Charlie Winfield, who is the director of the Bulldog Initiative, on as a guest. It was a good conversation, and we're going to play it for you right now. Here's Brian Haydad on Thunder and Lightning with Charlie Winfield. Something got screwed up. Hold on. All right, we're going to try and figure this out. We're going to have to start it over, I think, in uh, in just a second. Hey, Dad, what did you do? Where's Rhino when I need him? He made it work. Mm. Okay, I think I got it now. Two play uh, videos played at once when I turned this over. Well, so don't do that. Stop we watching YouTube while no, we're trying to work here, Borky. To, to be fully honest with you, um, this software... We'll, we'll play it later in the show. It's too late now, but... Uh, to this software. Wait, what? We're we'll, done? we'll have to play it later in the show because the video is too long now. Um, we, we've wasted too much time. What happened on this software? We is, didn't waste too much. Well, can <laughs> I explain it? I, I, you, we, we can switch chairs and watch your brain scramble at all this technology if you'd like. But um, videos I have lots that, of buttons in front of me, too. Yeah, that you don't use, but there's a lot of presets and stuff on this software where, you know, I can go from three people here to, uh, for example, to two, like this, right? And you save the ones that you make. And if there's pictures from guests or something, and then you save it, they stay forever. Well, there's actually an old Mike Leach press conference that is uh, a, a saved video on here. And when I went to play the Hey Dad Winfield interview, that mm-hmm. video, for some reason, also decided to play alongside of it. So that they were, for some reason, playing simultaneously. So the other audio you heard was actually um, an old Mike Leach press conference from earlier this season that when I saved the preset, it's it's just there. And I don't know why. So can you delete presets also? I, I can get rid of the video, yes. But I like the way it's all formatted for me. I know where everything is and stuff. So I, I don't want to delete anything because I know where it all is. And that press conference video is is saved on a, a format that I like. And if I get rid of the video, then that then that screen goes away. And I, I would I would like to kid. So I need to just put a different video there. I guess long story short. But that's that was the audio you heard it was actually an old Mike Leach press conference. I would say you're selling Richard Short, too. He's great at pushing buttons. <laughs> I think I just did a little bit. <laughs> just, 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 
Oh, I mean, four to one. That's high Auburn, Auburn leading over Ole Miss in the uh, top of the third inning. One out. Runners on first and second for the Auburn Tigers. So, uh, Xavier Rivas, first four outs of the game that he recorded were strikeouts. I think there was a walk that was mixed in there. Um, but then. He has been a little less sharp since. But he did record another strikeout there. Let's see. Rivas. In the game today, two and a third, six hits, four earned runs, two walks, and five strikeouts. Kind of a mixed bag for him so far. Not not great. No. No, the the four earned in two and a third is, is, is not great. Bad. Yeah. Generally speaking, kind of bad. Um, wonder if Bush has some success this weekend. Some state fans will appreciate that. Yeah. See, I, I hear that. Hey, that doesn't like my thought that Butch would be a good candidate for Mississippi State. But then the other day, you're like, the Campbell coach would be great. It's like, yeah, he's doing a good job at Campbell. He's never been to Omaha. He's never coached in the SEC. It's, it's, just, it's, it's the up-and-down nature of Butch that just gets me. Like He'll have a good year, and then he'll follow it up and finish last in the conference. Wait. When did they finish last in the conference? Well, you know what I'm saying. They, they, they have bad years. Once again, no, bad I, years I, you know, are finishing high, last in the conference. I have a little hyperbole. And, oh, it was good. Butch, Butch Thompson, uh, his first year at Auburn, so in the build, went 8 and 22. Then 16, 14, 15 and 15, 14 and 16, COVID year where they were 13 and 5, 10 and 20 in 2021, eh. 16 and 13. And his, I mean, that 19 World Series team, I mean, they weren't a great team. They got hot at the right time to make it to Omaha. But Isn't that the point? Seven men. I mean, I get it, but I, I just like, I like to see a little more consistency. And you're sure that Coach Hare at Campbell offers that? Who's sure? Who's sure about anything in this life? I was pretty sure Mississippi State was about to take off two years ago. Look where that got me. But, yeah, but, 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 but hold on a second. Is it not a little bit more of a sure thing when you take a guy who is at one of the bottom programs in the SEC in terms of resources and has taken that program to the College World Series twice in three seasons? That's not more sure than, oh, this guy got Campbell to four straight postseasons. I don't know. I feel like I got more consistency with hair, though, at Campbell right now. In the big south, you're in your. Well, you gotta win somewhere. Well, what are they gonna do? They're not. They're not gonna. They're not gonna pull Tim Corbin. And the McDonald's not coming. But Butch would, and he's been to Omaha twice in three would. seasons. I'm just saying. I think I, I would like to. I, I, Butch is just not my my top choice. He's just not. Mm-hmm. So is Hair, then your top choice? I, I don't know. I don't know if he is or not. They're. There are candidates that are more proven than him. He may be a great coach, whether it's at Mississippi State next year or in 10 years or like, at Miami or or North Carolina or wherever. Yeah. He may be great. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who the guy is for State right now. I, I thought when and, – and look, this feels unfair to do. I mean, I, it's not like Chris Lamonis is listening right now. I, I, I get it. And I know so many people are talking about this. 
I just hate doing the let's talk about a coach's replacement before he's gone. Because yeah. we don't know if he's going to be gone or not. And and Chris Lamonis has been really good to well, us. It's Borky's fault. He brought it up. I understand. And, and I'm not saying that it, it's a conversation that is unfair. It just kind of feels mm-hmm. icky. I, I, maybe that's just maybe that's just me. Makes sense. It's noble. But but let, let's make this about something else. And if you want to connect the dots, you can. I thought the list of names that Kendall put out in association with the Alabama job was an interesting mm-hmm. list because I thought. Everybody's pretty good baseball coaches on that list. The guy at Duke, the guy at Wake Forest, the guy at Maryland. Three ACC teams, obviously, there. The guy at Campbell, Dan Hefner, because every list includes Dan Hefner's name on it. It really does. But Godwin, and then there was the ridiculous, let's throw Dan McDonald's name. Although he kind of explained why he put Dan McDonald's name on the list. I, look. Yeah, I'm not doing the the big sweeping definitive statements anymore because I realize those can bite me. It seems highly unlikely that Dan McDonald is going to be the next head baseball coach at the University of Alabama. Yes, I agree with that. And he would not be the next head coach at Mississippi State if State were to let Chris Lamonis go. That's his absolute best friend in the world. He would not do that. So, cross him off the list. Yeah. Um, I don't know who the big name is that State could go after. Like, like there were so many big jobs that opened up last year. You know, Florida State opens up, and and LSU they got they brought in a new you know Jay Johnson last year, and then then this offseason Florida State would link Jarrett. I don't know who they would go get. Like, is there a is there a true big name that you should approach and make the Godfather offer to? My first thought is Corbin, but I don't think he would leave. But if you offered him, you know, I mean, could State play its baseball coach more than its I basketball mean, coach, more the, than its football coach? I don't know. The irony of Mississippi State hiring Tim Corbin would be one of the most mind-boggling beat things him, join him. ever. Ever. I mean, th- there is nobody, th- th- there's not another fan base that hates Vanderbilt's unfair scholarship advantage more than Mississippi State's. Probably not. Everybody else just kind of like, eh, whatever. But that has been something that has been latched onto by Mississippi yeah. State people. And I mean, irony of ironies if that happened. Hmm. We're not going to deny the guy's a good coach. No. And is Mississippi State going to pay $2 million for a baseball coach? Well, that's what I was just asking. Because to get Corbin out of Vanderbilt, you probably got to make a huge offer. More yeah, maybe two. more than two. Maybe two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. See, you're paying your basketball coach the most, more than the football coach. And then the football coach is only making, what, a, a half mil more than the baseball coach? That would be really interesting. Arnett would, would be under, Arnett would have a lot of motivation and, to win nine games and get a raise to like four million. And I'm also interested to see over the course of a couple of years how Zach Selman handles salaries. Because we know how John Cohen handled salaries, he he did not he didn't overpay, and in a lot of cases he didn't pay market rate to guys that were on staff. Now he managed to to get by with that, 
and keep guys relatively happy and not have a ton of turnover unless the school decided it was time for turnover. See if Zach Selman has a similar approach. What do they want? Exciting news. Brace yourself. More Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. Now. Got some baseball news today. The Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame and Museum has announced the finalists for the 2023 Ferris Trophy presented by the Mississippi Band of Choctaw Indians and Pearl River Resort. Most outstanding player in college baseball gets this award named for the legendary coach Dave Boo Ferris. Finalists for the award are selected by a panel of coaches and professional scouts, the same panel will now be tasked with selecting this year's winner. The five finalists for this year's Ferris Trophy are Ty Hill of Jackson State, Hunter Hines from Mississippi State, Kemp Alderman from Ole Miss, Slade Wilkes from Southern Miss, and last year's winner Tanner Hall, also, of course, from Southern Miss. Ty Hill for Jackson State is hitting 400 on the year with 15 doubles, 4 triples, and 6 home runs. Hunter Hines is tied for, well, hold on a second. He's got 22 home runs in the season. That's top five in the SEC. I I can't remember if it's tied for third or tied for fourth or exactly where it falls. 22 home runs, 57 driven in. Kemp Alderman's hitting 377 with 19 home runs and 59 driven in. Slade Wilkes for Southern Miss, 319 with 18 home runs and 52 driven in on the year. And Tanner Hall, the only pitcher in the group, is 9-3 with a 2.71 ERA, 57 hits allowed in 73 innings pitched. That is quite a group of finalists. That's a good group. Borky, you have strong feelings about where this award should go. I think it should go to Tanner Hall. Um, Yeah. For a couple of reasons. The, the, The first being... Pitcher and hitter, it's subjective, right? Because they do different, completely and totally different things. Uh, I, I would vote Alderman over Hines. Alderman's numbers are just a little bit better. I know the home run total's not there, but he's hitting what? 379. Versus 313? So what is that, 66 yeah. he has, points higher? Alderman has, more, has a higher average and more RBI than Hines. Yeah. So... Narrowing it down to those two, Alderman versus Hall. Uh, as pointed out to me on Twitter, and you're right, Alderman has done this against better pitching. Alderman's having one of the, the great hitting seasons in almost history, man. I mean, he, he is just absolutely killing it. You can make a completely inarguable, compelling argument for why Kemp Alderman should win this. But can't you do the same thing for Tanner Hall? He was an All-American a year ago, and his numbers, as of this moment, are as good or better than they were a year ago, and this is after they made it more difficult on pitchers. He's playing an easier schedule, but Southern Miss's strength of schedule is 43 to Ole Miss's 21. Now, objectively, Ole Miss's is better, but when there's 305 teams, I think that while there's a difference, it's not such a dramatic difference that makes you throw everything Tanner Hall has done out the window. You can make a compelling and subjective argument for why Tanner Hall should win this award as well. So when it's like that, 
One's a pitcher, one's a hitter. One plays in a more difficult league. One was an All-American a year ago. Alderman might be an All-American this year. Both All-League guys doing crazy stuff. I lean to the one that's team is having a better season. I don't think this is much debate. Uh, I, I, Twitter tells you otherwise. Going away. Well, Twitter is, I mean, there's a lot more Ole Miss fans on Twitter than there are Southern Miss fans. I mean, it's just, well, there's a lot more in real life, too. But to me, this isn't a debate. Tanner Hall is the best player on the best team. That's pretty simple. And he's, only, he's the only player. But that's I mean, not the criteria for the award. The, the, the criteria know, for the award is the most outstanding player in the state of Mississippi, period. Not the that, best player on the best Hall. team. It's not the Heisman Trophy. That's, that's Tanner Hall to me. If you want to look, by the way, I think I agree with you. I think Tanner Hall is the guy that deserves to win this award, which would make him a back-to-back winner. Kemp Alderman is seventh in the SEC in batting average at 377. He's ninth in slugging percentage at 733. He RBI, we were talking about a second, he's sixth and runs batted in. And he is tied for fifth in home runs. In just a special he'd the season. Only back, he'd be the only back-to-back winner in the awards history. Jake Mangum won it twice, but not back-to-back. Mm-hmm. It would also make it three straight years for Tanners. How about that? I, You know, he was an All-American, so it's tough to argue. Elko should have won that last year. I think I think he should have. What he did on the field on one ACL. Just, we had two last year. It was two years ago he only had one. Oh, that's right. Surgically repaired. Surgically repaired. But when, when it's when it's close, when it's debatable, when you can make compelling arguments for both, I do lean in the the better teams guy should get it. Maybe that's not right, but that's where I lean because you can make compelling arguments for both. And at the time the award was handed out last year, Southern Miss was the better team. They were. Now, two weeks later, it was a different story. You had you had it hashed out on the field, and Ole Miss was the better team, and then two weeks after that, Ole Miss got a trophy. But when the award was handed out at the end of the regular season, Ole Miss was the last team into the tournament, and Southern Miss was hosting a regional in Hattiesburg. Sports Talk Mississippi, two hours in the books. We'll start the 5 o'clock hour with the college football fix when we come back in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. If you miss any of the show, you can always get it as a podcast, Sports Talk Mississippi podcast, available to you for free wherever you get your podcast. Auburn just went deep again. The Auburn Tigers now lead at 7-3 to in the top of the fourth inning over Ole Miss at Swayze. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky, you want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us on the ceasefire text line at 
888-4395. Pearl River Resort Studios, that is where we are coming to you from. Sorry, I ended the sentence with a preposition to my high school English teachers. Ah, whatever. I, know, I know better. You gotta you can break the rule once you know the rule, I suppose. In in that poetic license, isn't that what it's called? Can't break the rules until you know the rules. Hey, it's like whatever. I'll say whatever I want to go. I feel so. like a judge would disagree, but Well Ignorance I, I think, of the law is no excuse. I think we're talking about literary license, not necessarily, well, you know, license to drive 155. If you can quote the rules, you can obey them, is what I would say. Well, you know, we, we've got to be better about stuff like that, because my go-to anytime I have a typo is we're tellers, not spellers. Well, if we don't tell right either, then, you know, something's wrong with it. We are coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studio. How about that? That's better. Thank you. From w- the, the studios from which the show originates, <laughs> comma, Pearl River Resort. Uh, PearlRiverResort.com. That's where you go to find out everything that's happening in and around Pearl River Resort. Go to the events page. You can grab tickets for some of the live events that are coming up uh, as we continue to roll through the spring and into the summer. That's PearlRiverResort.com. Let's get to a little college football fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer, F-150 and the F-Series, 46 straight years as the number one selling trucks in America. Borky, I'm, I'm operating off of two different sheets that you've sent, and I can't decide if I accidentally clicked on this link from my phone from somewhere else or if it was from the rundown that you sent. So bear with me. And I know there's something else we need to get to. Um, Pen Live, which is the newspaper that primarily covers Penn State, it's kind of like AL.com, it's, you know, Pennsylvania news organization. They did a story yesterday about Big Ten football revenue numbers, and they followed it up today with revenue numbers from the SEC. These figures are from the United States Department of Education and its data dump that happens each spring, and they represent the 21-22 fiscal year. So we're talking about football revenue numbers, not entire athletics department. And they have actually included Texas and Oklahoma in this because they don't include TV revenue. These are numbers without television revenue. So football revenue numbers for the SEC. Vanderbilt is last in the SEC at $33.6 million in football revenue. Now, think about that for a second. Worst in the SEC by a long shot. A team that won two total games, not factoring in the television money, which is the most, and they still made 33.6 gross that year. Yes, right. We're talking pre expenses. This is just gross revenue, not net revenue. But still, that is staggering when you really think about it. When you factor in Texas and Oklahoma, Missouri is 15th at 35.8 million. Kentucky is 14th at 37.7 million. And by the way, 
It is always important to remember when you look at these numbers that sometimes the accounting method that is used varies from school to school in terms of the way they report revenue. But it's the closest thing we've got. Number 13 on the list is Mississippi State at 40.7. So almost $41 million in football revenue at Mississippi State for the 21-22 fiscal year. Pretty big jump after Mississippi State at 13 to number 12, South Carolina, just shy of $64 million. Pretty big jump from South Carolina to Ole Miss at number 11, who is just shy of $74 million. And so if you're comparing in-state, Ole Miss reporting $70.4 million in football-related revenue for the 21-22 fiscal year, that's almost $30 million more. I'm sorry, that's almost $34 million more than Mississippi State reported. So why and is it, that? I, I don't know. Um... This is, what, year two of Lane Kiffin? Correct. There was a $25.1 million profit for Ole Miss football in the 21-22 academic year and a 52% leap in gross revenue over three years prior. I, I don't know the difference. Is it cost... I- just thinking out loud, is it cost of season tickets? Is it cost of club seating? Is do Ole Miss fans be buy more different. beer? I, you know, what? why is it that without television it factored in, Ole Miss football makes, according to this, $30 million more than Mississippi State? It can't be something that simple because the stadiums are comparable in size, the ticket prices and packages are comparable in size. They're... they're it's got to be something that we're, that we're not aware of. Like my first thought is: is state still paying off the stadium expansion in there, and they're having to send money to that? I can't imagine that's the case. Yeah, but that would be in your net revenue because this is gross revenue. Yeah. So, well, then I don't I don't know the answer then. Yeah, because Mississippi State uh, reported eleven point eight million dollars in football profit in that twenty one twenty two fiscal year, and Ole Miss reported twenty five point one million in profit that year. Right. Maybe maybe it has to do with charitable giving in a in a given calendar year. You know, sometimes there's a bump because of a single. Do- I, I I don't know, but yeah. it's a at least in this report. And and remember, I pointed out a second ago that sometimes departments use different accounting methods. Maybe that has something to do with it. But that is a far more significant gap in football revenue than we've ever seen reported from Ole Miss and Mississippi State in the same year. Pretty good jump, but maybe not as significant as you would think from Ole Miss at 11 to Texas A&M at 10. Texas A&M reported $81.5 million in football revenue with $35 million in profit. Arkansas at 84.6. And then at number eight, you had Florida at $93.2 million. LSU at $95.5 million at number seven. I know this doesn't make a good or a bad job here, but that Florida thing. Remember, I guess it was earlier this week, which kind of opined over how good of a job that really is. 
kind of a sign that maybe we were on to something. Yeah, that it's not as good a job as it once was? Yeah. They're behind LSU. Tennessee, the first school in this list to report over $100 million in football profit. They did $101 million with $61.2 million in profit. Auburn, 106.7. Alabama, 127.6. Oklahoma, who's coming to the SEC next year, 132.7 million. Georgia at number two at 156 million. And then, boys, welcome to the SEC, the Texas Longhorns, $161.5 million in football profit. Now, if you want to compare that to Ole Miss, that's $90 million more, give or take, than Ole Miss reported in football. No, I'm sorry, in football revenue. And it is $107 million more than Mississippi State. That's insane. In a year they went 5-7 and seven and lost to Kansas. $111 million profit for football. It is inexcusable to not be better than they have been in recent history. It is completely and totally, it's mismanagement. There are things working against Ole Miss and Mississippi State and the SEC that they cannot control. It is out of Keith Carter and Zach Selman's control some of the issues that they face. There is nothing that Texas is facing that should stop them from being the best. And yet they haven't been. Both Mississippi State and Ole Miss have been better programs on the field for the last decade than Texas has been. Fact. It's inarguable. That's your college football fix. Here we go. Sports Talk Mississippi. Here's more. Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome again, Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Enter your email address when you place your order at genteelapparel.com and get 10% off online when you place your order. Great-looking stuff. Spring collection is fantastic. They've got some really cool prints, some cool stripes, some cool solids. Plus, they've got uh, great-looking swimming trunks. If you are uh, in the market for new swimming trunks as we roll into the summer, you got that as well at Genteel Apparel. Here we are on a Friday afternoon, 20 minutes after 5. That means it is time for a Food Friday. We still don't have a soundtrack, so I'll give you this. Not bad. Food Friday presented by Polk's. Polksmeat.com. That's where you find them online. You can see merchandise that's available to you. You can see all of their products that are available. You can find locations that are uh, close to you as well. But the big thing is when you go to the grocery store and uh, you are looking for sausage, you're looking for meat products, be sure that you find that 
yellow packaging with the blue and red writing on it that says Polk's Meat on it. Whether you're looking for sausage or ham or beanie weenies or hot dogs, they've got it all from Polk's Meat. Be sure to look for that in the meat department at your local grocery store because, well, no buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk's. My food Friday started early. So um, I, I sent you I sent you a, a picture text early this morning, hey, Dan. I guess I sent it to both of you guys. So um, yeah. Amy Montgomery, before school, they do uh, on Fridays, they do a, a Bible study with the small group. And they've been doing this for a couple of years. And Jane told me that we needed to uh, feed them today. Instead of them meeting where they normally meet and just having donuts or whatever, she's like, we need to cook for them. I was like, okay. She's like, that means pancakes and bacon. You want to do that outside? I was like, sure. So uh, loaded up the griddle this morning. That was the that was the sizzle sound you heard. That was the bacon, and uh, did some pancakes. I finally got the heat figured out. I told you guys it was a work in progress. You just got to do it a little bit to kind of figure out what works. Got the heat down low. The first round of pancakes that came off were a little. They weren't exactly how I wanted, but the next two rounds had about a dozen pancakes on the the griddle at a time. Absolutely perfect. That kind of, you know, that that light golden brown. They didn't cook too fast, so they, you know, all you didn't have any of the batter still hanging out in the middle of the pancake that frustrates you that you didn't quite cook it. Like they're perfect. Great way to start the weekend. So my food Friday started early on a Friday morning and uh, a lot of fun. I'm, I'm starting right. to. I was. I was kind of. I was kind of disappointed in myself that you know the griddle had been in since, I guess the end of last summer, and I'd only used it once or twice. It's like, eh, come on, you, you got to do better than that. So I'm starting to get the hang of it. Starting to feel a little more comfortable uh, cooking on on the the flat iron. So pretty fired up about that. All right, what are you boys cooking this weekend? What's it going to be? Borky, start us off. What's it going to be this weekend? Uh, I'm going to a crawfish boil tomorrow. I'm there not, you go. I'm not doing the cooking, though. Somebody else is doing that for me. Have you ever? I, I've never myself done crawfish. Now, I've done okay. low country boil uh, many times with blue yep. crab and shrimp, but it's generally the same thing. Uh, but the the most underrated part of a crawfish boil to me, you know, the crawfish is the, the show. But everybody mm-hmm. goes for the corner of the potatoes. Mm-hmm. If somebody... Put mushrooms, baby Bellas, man. The 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 small mushrooms in that. So oh, that's the best. That's what I go. And people don't eat them as much as the other stuff. You can have the sausage and the corn and the potatoes. I go for the mushrooms. Uh, Sunday, I'm just. I saw a, a guy on YouTube make just a really good fried egg burger, and I'm just gonna follow his recipe and see how it goes. There you so, go. Yeah, just smash burgers are all the rage now, man. And honestly, I like them better than like a good thick cheeseburger. If you do two or three really, really thin patties that you, you make in a skillet to where they get really crunchy, crunchy is not the best word, but you, you get my point. That That's better than a big, thick cheeseburger to me, so I'll do that on Sunday. Okay. I Sounds agree. like a pretty good weekend. Say what, Hayden? So I agree with that statement. I want a thin burger with a lot of griddle crunch on it. Hmm. Okay. That's one thing I've not done on the griddle yet. I have not done burgers. I, I got to do that. Smash and, and fa- burgers, yeah. Yeah, and I got to get the little the weight to smash them with also. If I want a thick piece of beef, I'll have a steak. 
Exactly. I, I have a. Now we'll we'll do steaks with kids around and whatever. Everybody does fillets, and that's that's good. I have a um, little bit of an empty nest at home coming up in about a week and change. I got a cowboy ribeye on the uh, on the mind for next Sunday night. There you go. So, there you go. what about it? Hey, Dad, what's the uh, what's the cooking plan for the weekend? Well, speaking of a thick piece of beef, uh, you know, obviously it's Mother's Day. Yes. So I have to. I've, I I had to, you know, find out. Like normally, I just make a decision, right? It's like this is what we're having this weekend, and everybody's fine with it. I don't. I don't ever steer them wrong, but you know, I had to ask, and she she said steak. So I was like, you know, I went to the store today, and I was like, I like the fillet selection. I was just like, eh, it's just not great. And I, I sat there for a minute, and I thought, I was like, yeah, let's do something a little different. So I got a four and a half pound prime rib sitting in my fridge uh, right Ooh. this second. We're gonna throw Ooh. we're gonna throw that on the grill, a little indirect, with a, and I, I'm gonna make a compound butter for it. We'll do some twice baked, and we'll do some uh, some green beans with with bacon, and then uh. I have. I was told I have to bake. I've never baked. We're gonna see how it goes. But I, she wanted brownies, so I'll make some brownies. I got some vanilla ice cream, and I'm gonna do some candied walnuts with that too to put over the top. So. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, there you go. Baking brownies not gonna be that hard, man. I mean, just follow the recipe. I've never put baked it in the pan. though. It's, it's, that's the thing. It's just. It's just science. It's like you know, you, you're cooking a steak. Do what you want, right? But. You break if you're baking something. Just follow directions. Hey, don't don't hey, deviate. Please don't forget to spray the pan. Yes, yes. I'll probably butter the pan, but yeah. Well, whatever you like. Yeah. What whatever whatever works for you. You want to send us what you're cooking this weekend? We would be more than happy to uh, hear it from you. Uh, we get one here from Hollingsworth. He says two drunk chickens on the egg, Polk's Cajun sausage, Mississippi corn. Wrap the corn in bacon on the husk. Fold the husk back up. The corn cooks in the bacon grease. And two oh my God. New York City cheesecakes. Wow. I will admit I've to never you heard that I have never corn, had Mississippi corn, but that sounds amazing. How do you make a vegetable better? Wrap it in bacon. Exactly. We don't need to be healthy around here. Yeah. Somebody suggested that celery in a boil is good, too. Had that, I just don't, I'm, I'm not. trouble buying that one. I don't like celery. Yeah, celery is just water. Crunchy Rutabagas water. in your crawfish boil? Interesting. Okay. I never had rutabaga at all, so. I don't think I have either. Maybe I have. But I can't remember. A butcher in Caledonia had kangaroo for this week, along with halibut and alligator. Mm. I've never eaten kangaroo. I have eaten kangaroo. Yeah? Yeah. Tastes like Sorry. chicken? No, it does not. It tastes more like steak. It's more of a red meat. Really? Yeah. You ever seen that billboard that, that PETA used to put out, and it had animals in a line? Yeah, the line. And it asked yeah. where you draw the line, and it was right in between like the, the pig and the horse or whatever, because yeah. PETA did the billboard poorly. They put all the foods you eat in a line first yeah. and then got to animals that you don't. And so it was a very clear dividing line. They tried to mess with you because it was horse and then rabbit. I would eat the rabbit, but not the yeah, horse. I've had rabbit uh, in New Orleans. but uh, Canadians eat horse. So do the French. 
and the the restaurants have to display that they serve horse outside of the restaurant so you can choose whether or not to go in i think that's france where they do that but anyway kangaroo is in that spectrum of i just i couldn't i don't know it's something about like them being cute or whatever where i just i couldn't eat a kangaroo i don't know couldn't do it Uh, it's, it's, it's just okay it's nothing like i wouldn't go out of my way to eat it uh, a couple of other messages. Uh, we put gizzards in with our crawfish. Don't knock it till you try it. I love chicken gizzards. Oklahoma Mall has chicken gizzards, don't they? It's I've never we... been to the Oklahoma Mall. The Dodge Store in Oklahoma. Uh, in Oklahoma. I said Oklahoma. I've never stopped there. Yeah, we just always called it. Man, they, their, uh, their fried food section at the mm-hmm. Oklahoma Mall, as we Impressive. call it, which is also the Dodge Store, um, Pretty impressive. Uh, somebody said Just asparagus I love and a crawfish boil. I love asparagus. Uh, Brussels sprouts are good in a crawfish boil. Oh, I bet. They absorb. I like Brussels Man, sprouts. they absorb. Yeah. That is your Food Friday, presented by Polk's Meat. Polk'sMeat.com. When you go to the grocery store, you go to the meat department, make sure that you're looking for the Polk's Meat products. And uh, remember, no buts about it, folks. Picky people. Pick Polk's. We'll have a little Monday weekend cooking in review and uh, wrap up the weekend on Monday. Enjoy your cooking weekend, and don't forget the Polk's. Let the broadcasting of the disturbed continue. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Wednesday night on Thunder and Lightning, Brian Haydad had Charlie Winfield from the Bulldog Initiative on to visit with him, talk about how things were going on that front. All guests on Sports Talk Mississippi appear on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Here is Brian Haydad's conversation with Charlie Winfield. And as promised... The real power behind the throne now at Mississippi State, whether he likes that that title or not, Charlie Winfield, the uh, the chairman of the Bulldog Initiative, that's Mississippi State's NIL collective here in Starkville. And, and Charlie, you know, we we did an interview together for the podcast I, a, a while back. I don't remember exactly when it was, but from that time to now, when you talk to Mississippi State fans about the about the Bulldog Initiative, about NIL about what you're doing, what's the biggest difference in, in the level of reception and the questions they ask for you now to then? I think the biggest thing that you've seen is more and more of an acceptance and an understanding that NIL is something that we don't have to like, but an understanding that it exists and it is something we have to contend with. And I think the other thing that we're seeing is people are starting to understand that very good things are happening as a result, there's a lot of good deeds that are coming out of these NIL transactions, a lot of positive developments. And I think people more and more are starting to see that. And I think it's resonating with them. You've had to you know, go through a change of leadership here at Mississippi State with John Cohen going out, Zach Selman coming in. You know, what's the biggest difference between John and Zach in terms of what they bring to the table with you and what your relationship is with the university under you know, it's uh, obviously I tell people I've known John since I was 14 years old, so I could write a book on John Cohen right now. Uh, we could debate how many copies that might sell. Um, <laughs> but, but I'll tell you this, um, Zach Selman 
has brought a, a level of energy, a level of excitement. His background is in fundraising, and he comes from Oklahoma. And you've heard me say this, and I think I did maybe before on the podcast when we talked. Uh, if you want to find the states that are heavily engaged in NIL, look for the oil wells. Look for the oil rigs and you'll find them, right? And yeah. so we got a guy who comes out of one of those oil well countries, and he understands it, he gets it, but he's also very practical. Uh, Zach is a, a very dynamic leader, but he's not an emotional one in the sense he's very analytical, very, you know, he's always looking three moves down the chessboard. And I have been absolutely blown away by the reception that I've gotten from him. And the the commitment and the level of understanding, quite frankly, that he has. And so I'm really excited to see where things are going to be going. I think about, you know, people who are on the fence, right? And the first thing that kind of comes in my head, and I'm not trying to paint you in the same uh, the same light as Jordan Belfort, but you know, there, there has to be some, some salesman qualities in, in what you do. Because there are going to be people who are just like, I don't know, or, you know, my wife doesn't really want me to be involved in this, or, you know, there are going to be people who are just straight up. They think that paying players is, is something that's is still illegal to them. They don't. They don't understand how it's different. You know, how much of a salesman are you when you have to talk to Mississippi State fans? I'd like to think I just present the facts, Brian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's no, attorney because, at law, Charlie Winfield, talking with us here. Go ahead. Yeah, no, because the, I think the facts really do tell the story. Um, one of the things that I've worked very hard to do is to understand what the reality is around the country. Not the rumors, not the things you see on the internet, but what is the reality? And the reality is that NIL is a very real force. And the reality is, even though people like to say, well, A&M tried it and it didn't work, um, you know, surviving a day of rain is one thing, but surviving uh, weeks and years of rain is quite another. And it's raining pretty hard at some other places. And so I just try to, one, be honest and tell people this exists. The other thing that I try to tell people is um, we can make a difference in what we're doing. Everybody likes to say, well, we're Mississippi State. We're going we're gonna to be outspent. We're not going to have as much money. And they're right, but we never have. We've always had the lowest budget. We've always had the lowest attendance. We've always had, you know, we've got all these things that work against us. And we've never allowed that to be an excuse before. So there's no reason to start now to saying that we can't compete because of this. Nobody wants to excuse a coach for going six and five because he has the lowest budget in the league. We can't let that be an excuse of why we're not going to engage in NIL. Uh, we, we simply have a choice. We can be involved or we can lose. Uh, I had somebody tell me one time they wanted to use the, uh, the phrase uh, NIL meant not into losing. And uh, I think that's where I am. I'm just, I'm not into losing. The process of NIL is kind of a mystery to the average fan. So, so as much as you can, explain how how a, a, a deal is kind of struck in terms of does the coaching staff come to you and say, okay, we are interested in this player or we want to keep this player out of the portal. We want to keep him from going to the NFL this year. This is what we want to do. And then it's up to you to structure the deal. Do you, how much input do the players have in their deals? Yeah, so primarily, and this may send a shudder of fear down uh, many spines when I say this, but primarily um, I'm identifying who those players are, and then I'm reaching out proactively to them to, to talk to them about trying to make a connection with what we're doing. 
And obviously, much like you, Brian, you know, there aren't many people who know more about Mississippi State sports than you do. Um, I get to be kind of in that similar spot because we're around it, right? Yeah. Um, it's not a matter of getting a relationship with coaches. We couldn't avoid them if we wanted, right? <laughs> we're going to see them every Zach day. Zach Arnett would probably, I'd rather avoid him, but yes, you're correct. Well, that's right here. I, I already brought the heat. Uh, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was fun. It was fun. Now, that, that, that is Zach Arnett. That's one of the reasons, man. You talk about why do you get up every day and do something? You got guys like Zach Arnett around here, man. It's first chance. It's hard not to be excited about trying to help those guys. And so the way that I try to help is to understand and to have some understanding of, hey, who do we need back? Now, I'll tell you the one thing that, that we're not doing and we're not ever going to do. Uh, around the country, you're seeing NIL groups that are targeting high school players. Uh, that's, that's a fool's game. Uh, it is an absolute fool's game. The people that we want to interact with, the people that we want to represent the Bulldog Initiative are the people who have a, a demonstrated connection to Mississippi State, who have the, the skill set, who have the personality to represent what we're doing. And we seek them out, and then it's just an individual discussion. And, it, um, you know, you try to understand their circumstances. One of my favorite stories, Brian, a lot of people hear all these things going on about NIL, and they think, well, this is just paying players, and it's just buying an extra round of food and that kind of thing, or extra round of drinks, what have you. You know, one of my favorite stories is I had a player in my office who was faced with a dilemma. They could graduate and lose their Pell Grant, or they could find a way to change majors, do something to prevent themselves from graduating so that they could have the financial assistance that they needed to stay in school. We were able to do an NIL arrangement with that player who's going to do some things for us to get them enough funding to make up for their Pell Grant. Those aren't the things that make the front page of uh, SI.com or what have you, because they're not uh, they're not outlandish, but it's a very good thing. And more often than not, that's where we're seeing NIL right now. This is probably the question you get the most, but do you feel confident as we sit right now about Mississippi State in the NIL era? And, and do you feel more confident than you did six months ago, 12 months ago, uh, as, as to where you stand right now? Yes and yes. And there's a few things that go into that. If we were being measured by raw dollars, if we were being measured by how much money can you spend or have you spent, if you like to celebrate money out the door, no, we would we would be not evaluated kindly. But I tend to look at things another way. I, I tend to look at how efficient are you in spending your money? Um, how appropriate are you in the connections you make? And I think in that regard, we've been very successful. And I think that we're going to continue to be because one of the things I know about the, the staff and the people at Mississippi State, they understand that we've got a good foundation, but now we got to go vertical. Um, we need more steam in the engine. And I sense an energy and a commitment and an alignment across the university, across athletics that we've never seen before. I am absolutely confident and committed. Bulldog Initiative, if you want to, real quick, you've got about uh, 30, 40 seconds. If I need to get in contact with you, if, I, if somebody's interested in donating, what do they need to do? Yeah, you can find me at bulldoginitiative.com or winfield at bulldog.ms. I was in Birmingham speaking last night. I was speaking last week. I'll be happy to do it again. If there's a group who wants to talk, I'll be there. That was Charlie Winfield on Thunder and Lightning on the radio on Wednesday night with uh, with Brian Haydad. Really interesting conversation there. And 
probably don't have enough time to really pick that conversation apart, but we'll try to delve into a couple of things that Charlie said when we come back to wrap things up with you on this Friday afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Florida and Vanderbilt are playing in Gainesville right now. Florida is leading that game 8 to nothing. Uh, so Gators kind of getting after it. Auburn leading Ole Miss 7-4 to in the top of the sixth inning in game one of a doubleheader at Swayze Field. And uh, you got a couple of other games. Tennessee-Kentucky's already gotten started as well. No score last I checked on that one. We'll wrap it up with you next on this Friday afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices on Super Talk Mississippi. One last time on this Friday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad. Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part by M-Trade Park. Visit them online at mtradepark.com. Check out the full schedule of events. Every weekend through the end of June, there is a tournament going on, whether it's USSA baseball, USSA fast pitch, or a soccer event. If you're involved in scheduling for your child's team or your team's um, upcoming events, be sure you check out the full list of tournaments that are happening at M-Trade Park. It's on the events page at mtradepark.com. If you're going to play, play M-Trade. Auburn leading 8-4 over Ole Miss, the uh, most recent run, uh, double in the gap, followed by a wild pitch, or uh, I guess it was a pass ball and then a wild pitch, and so Auburn is in front by four. Ole Miss has gone to the bullpen. Cole Tolbert is into the game. So baseball games right now, Auburn leading 8-4 over Ole Miss in the top of the sixth. Florida leading 8 nothing in the bottom of the fourth over Vanderbilt. Tennessee and score, uh, Kentucky are scoreless in the top of the second inning in Knoxville. Six o'clock start for Georgia and Missouri from Como. Alabama, Texas A&M get started at 6 tonight. South Carolina, Arkansas, 6.30 Central Time start. And Mississippi State, LSU coming your way tonight at 7.30. Kate Smith, Paul Skeens, I have not looked at the pitching matchups. I'm assuming that's right. That is incorrect. Uh, State's going with Evan Sierra tonight against Paul oh. Skeens. They are in full. We have no chance to beat Skeens mode, so let's try for Saturday. What Auburn did last weekend as well. They uh, they threw off yeah. and they pitched Tommy Vale in uh, game two, and it worked out. Auburn won the back two games. Worked out, yeah. 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 So there's some uh, probably some some good thinking uh, going on there. So we'll see how it plays out. So great conversation with Charlie. It happened on Wednesday night. We just played it back for you as well. Um, I thought he was pretty candid. Hey, Dad. I, I do have one question for you. I, the the one thing that really stood out to me about. Mississippi State's approach on the NIL front was when Charlie said, you know, paying paying high school players, doing NIL deals for incoming players. I think he called it a fool's errand, uh, and said you're not gonna you're not gonna see us doing that. Do you believe that's philosophy 
or is it just there is a finite amount of resources available and Charlie and the folks that are involved with the Bulldog Initiative believe that the best way to use those resources is with known commodities? I think they, they do believe that, but I also believe that Charlie is a man that's flexible. And when you think about Mississippi State and the way they recruit, for the most part, the, the kids they recruit, the high three stars, the developmental guys, and they, they get their share of the four stars. They'll get five or six at you know, basically every class. But these are not kids that are required, we're getting huge NIL deals to come anywhere, let alone Mississippi State. My guess is this, that if there was a five-star can't-miss prospect in this state that made it obvious, he's like, I'd like to come to Mississippi State, but I have to talk, we have to have an NIL deal in place, that Charlie is a, is a practical enough guy that he would sit down and talk to the kid. But that being said, I think Mississippi State has made made a, a conscientious effort. You know, and, and when you talk about portal, the portal, State's going after guys there. They're, they're getting NIL deals. There's no question about that. But the high school kids, I think State has done, I think State has, has shied away from that in favor of trying to keep guys like Crumity, Watson, Johnson, and those guys around for another year. And And that's a strategy that, I mean, we're still relatively new in this, that has worked so mm-hmm. far, but the fact is the market is changing in recruiting. And you got more guys that are getting paid and more guys that are getting paid more money. And so it's going to be really fascinating to see if that is a strategy that the Bulldog Initiative can can continue with. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that surprised me the most was the that, that Charlie is the one kind of making the deals. I, I would have really thought the coaches would have had a, a much bigger role in that. And maybe they part can. of that is because the NCAA... I mean, well, yeah, but you know what I'm trying to say. Well, he like, can't say like, that yeah. they... Well, I was going to say, good, Charlie's not going to come good on the radio player. and say that. Well, I mean, you know, I'm sure he could have been like... Yeah, you know, we talked to a number of sources and, and things like that, but... Tread lightly. I, I just... I, 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 I get that, but... Um, I, I Charlie Winfield, attorney at law, is smart about the way that he's having that conversation with you. Yes, very you true. You and us and I just, the state I, of Mississippi. Yeah. I, I just thought it was interesting that that Charlie would be like the guy saying, All right, this is the guy we're gonna we're gonna try to make a play for here. It kind of feels like I mean, you know, like when Borky earlier this week Maybe some made coach the statement speak, yeah. where he was like Mike Bianco, it's okay to tamper. I'm giving you permission. I, yeah. I think it was you that said that, Bork. Um it Not that I give feels... him permission, he needs to. Yeah, I would. I, I I take Charlie as a guy at his word, and he is a a good person, and I like Charlie a lot. <laughs> I would guess that there is some direction that is coming his way on areas of focus. You would think pertains to nil. Not that he wants to talk about that publicly, nor should he. Sports Talk Mississippi, thanks for being with us on this Friday afternoon. Hope you have a great weekend. Uh, Enjoy some Polk's sausage. Remember that picky people pick Polk's when you go to the grill this weekend. And uh, maybe try to enjoy some baseball, some hanging out. Hopefully the weather will cooperate. It'll be good all the way around. For Michael Borky and Brian Haydad in the Pearl River Resort Studio, I'm Richard Cross. Good night.
Owning a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.